0: Hello, welcome to Elections space a mental health podcast, and I'm your host Camila. First of all, I'd like to apologize. I know I said I'll be doing weekly episodes but then I did not um release an episode last week. My apologies. Um <laughs> if I'm to defend myself, I'd actually traveled all the way home for elections. So we had elections and i did not carry my recording equipment with me so i could not do any kind of recording so i had to wait until i come back to my class for me to record but my apologies if me not recording an episode last week caused you any kind of inconvenience i apologize i am so sorry so um Welcome to today's episode. I am very excited because today's episode um, is quite interesting for me because I have some personal experience with it So buckle up and let's get started So today we are going to talk about love languages I'm not sure if if you have ever heard of this term, but if you have then it's going to be a smooth ride for you but if you have not It's not much to learn about really, but um, you'll get to learn a lot of things, especially if you're in a relationship. So yes, here we start. So love languages was um, actually first, uh, it was an ideology (laughs) that um, Gary Chapman, Chapman, who is an author, came up with. So he wrote a book um, called The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. So this is a book wrote by Gary Chapman in 1992. So the book outlines five general ways that romantic partners express and experience love. In which in this book, uh, Gary Chapman calls it love languages. Um, so this concept created by Gary, um, who is, actually Gary Chapman is a marriage counselor. So all these five languages, I'm going to explain them in today's episode. So what are these five love languages? Um, the first one is words of affirmation. The second is acts of service. The third is receiving gifts. The fourth is quality time. The fifth is physical touch. So from these five um, love languages, if there is one already that... Um, resonates with you from the top of the mind, you feel you resonate with it more than that can be your love language. If you do not know what your love language is, then let us find out. So um, the first I'd mentioned was words of affirmation, but if you'll allow me, I'm going to keep it um, the last one because I have a lot to explain when it comes to words of affirmation. So I'm going to explain it the last. So we'll jump up to um, acts of service. So the first, let's make it acts of service. So, what is acts of service? Acts of service is anything that your partner does willingly to ease your workload. It's also a sign of love. So for these people who um, acts of service is, a, is the love language, these are people who prefer their partners to do just some little bit of things here and there, you know, like um, making dinner or bringing you breakfast in bed. Oh, gosh, have, nobody has ever done that to me, but it's okay. So these people appreciate um, these actions. So basically acts of service, from my own understanding, I usually call it um, actions. If you're in a relationship and you're that person who values action more than words, then you basically fall in this category. So you feel cared for when your partner vacuums before you get, you get ready or um, your partner surprises you with breakfast in bed. However, on the other hand, broken promises or laziness can make you feel unimportant. So these kind of people usually feel taken care of when their partner supports them. And they help ease their responsibility with like daily chores, and yeah, it feels like it opens a domestic bliss. Also, it means a lot when someone follows through on something, um, especially if they are paying attention and stepped in to help. When they do this, um, you trust your partner to pay attention to little details, so you think talk is cheap, and action means everything for you. Again, I repeat, these are the kind of people who prefer actions over words and you need someone to come through and to know you can rely on them so this kind of people usually feel if you mean you love me then let me see it I don't want to hear it. I want to see you loving me, right? So you do the little actions and it doesn't have to be like much big of an action. Not really. Just like maybe perhaps you you are taking dinner and then instead of taking the utensils to the kitchen, perhaps you just got absorbed in your phone and your partner decides to clear the table. So just this little bits of actions here and there, it usually goes a long way for this kind of people. And um, you also love your partner when they step in to do the little things that make life easier. So if you fall under this category or if anything resonates with you on this, then acts of service is your love language. If not, it's okay. We are moving on to the second love language, which is receiving gifts. So first of all, I feel many women will fall under this category and kindly not. This is not about being materialistic, no. Totally not. Most uh, most of the times people whose love language is receiving gifts, it's usually the, the idea behind the gift, not just basically the amount, the price of the gift, no. It's usually just the idea, you know, somebody thought of it for them to purchase that gift for you. And sometimes not necessarily that they have to purchase it. Um, they might even handmade it, it might even come off for free, like maybe you are at the beach and um, you see a very cute shell or a gem and you remember your partner and you decide to take it home to them. You didn't buy it because you actually collected it at the beach, but it's the thought behind it. So we together with the receiving gifts. So when you speak this love language, um, a thoughtful gift shows to you that you are special. Um, in contrast to, you know, generic gifts or forgotten special invites, has opposite effects. But this love language, again, is not necessarily materialistic. It could be as simple as receiving your favorite snack at the end of the day. Um, this kind of people usually feel loved when they receive gifts. Um, the present itself is nice, but it's really the thought behind it that counts. Um, the gift becomes an object that helps you remember they were thinking about you, which fills you with love. Or perhaps you've gone um, to a trip, then your partner gives you a gift during that trip. It might look like a souvenir, but when you get back home and you see the item, it reminds you of those sentimental moments. So you now see how this gift comes in? It helps you cherish. Maybe that gift reminds you of this person. And if you're a sentimental person, um, especially with things, you might probably also fall here. And also, the best gifts are the meaningful ones. How? If it's a surprise, then the better. It strengthens the bonds, and it helps build a deeper connection for you and your partner. And finally, during holidays, birthdays, or anniversaries, you want to comm- commemorate it with a present. So these um, extra special days, you love to um, celebrate them through gifts uh, as a sign of love for you so that basically it's um, for people who um, love languages receiving gifts this is how they tend to behave so again it's not materialistic but it's usually just the idea behind the thought that counts so let's move to our third love language which is quality time so this kind of people they usually say they love undivided attention when you're in with your partner you want them to be there you want them to be present you know you don't you do not like when you're with your partner and then they're on the phones or they're watching a game or they're playing a video game Mm -mm, that's not your thing you want your partner to be with you and just you to give you full attention so when your partner is truly present it makes you feel important you know um you also love um, active listening when your partner listens to what you're saying, even if it's for long periods, just you and them talking, just the two of you and nothing else matters around you. Um, so this kind of people usually like spending uninterrupted time with their partners and it's critical <laughs> to have enough time to hang out and enjoy each other's undivided attention with no distractions. It is meaningful when they make time for you and prioritize you in their schedules and do not cancel plans. These people hate when you um you make a date and then they cancel the plans at the end of them, mm, like in the last minute. Uh, it's a deal breaker. So these people usually pre- uh, love when you prioritize them. People always say, people are not really busy. You know, it's just uh, which number you are on their priority list. So these people usually love when they are at the top of your priority list. Not necessarily top, maybe top three kind of thing, but you prioritize them and their needs. They need you and they want to get full of you, (laughs) fully concentration. And these people usually also like creating memories and special moments together and sharing new experiences. Time is precious and it's meaningful to soak in every second together with your partner. Is this you? If not, it's okay. We are moving to the fourth love language, which is physical touch. Now, physical touch for me usually resonates with um, PDA, but not, it should not like be PDA as such. Many people resonate physical touch with PDA, but not all the time. are some people who do not love PDA, but physical touch is the love language. So how? These people love holding hands, love kissing, love hugging and other touches in any kind of preferred way. Um, Appropriate touches for them convey warmth and safety, while physical neglect can drive a wedge between them with their partners. So these people usually look forward to cuddles, um for them nothing beats physical intimacy so they feel grounded in a relationship when physical affection is accessible and often cultivated like holding hands long embraces and all that and um they also have kind of public display of affection um in which it makes them feel wanted and desired Um in case maybe like you're out and if your partner is sitting next to you, you probably prefer to sit side to side with your partner just to cuddle up or you know, hold their hands. Um for me actually, in a way, this is like my secondary um love language because um I'm not like PDA. I, I don't like PDA. I don't know why that's me. But whenever I am with my friends, I am usually touchy touchy, like I love to hold their hands, you know, um or yeah, I I just love like even if it's tapping on their shoulders, even if I'm laughing it's weird, but I usually do this with my friends most of the times, but not with a person that I'm dating. I don't know why, <laughs> but this is my secondary love language for me. So um, the closer, the better for you. And um, if they're nearby, you almost automatically reach out to them, either like um, playing with their hair or give them a back rub. So if this is you, you love being touchy-touchy here and there, either um, in public places or in um, personal space, if this is you then this is your love language but if this is still not you we have the last set <laughs> for the best and this is my primary love language and it is words of affirmation so people with words of affirmation as a love language usually value verbal acknowledgements um including like i love you Thank you. I'm so sorry. I appreciate you. Good job. You look beautiful. All this kind of positivity around, I prefer it. So if you're that kind of a person, then probably this is your love language. So we are the kind of people who prefer words. <laughs> it feels like, it's, I, I personally feel like I am acknowledged and I'm appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> so um, these words of appreciation um, usually show kind of encouragement. And sometimes they can also be um through digital communication like texting or social media engagement or um phone calls personally i re- I do go for phone calls for around three hours. I remember once I had gone for a phone call for around four to five hours just on a phone call so i when I say um this is my primary love language, this is my primary love language. I love communicating um in a relationship be it um intimacy or um through just normal friends i love communicating so communication for me is a great deal a very great deal let us communicate so this kind of people usually love hearing their partners reminding them that they love them it assures them how special they are again and again and um they're also they also like to be acknowledged and praised you know to just have your efforts rec- uh, the efforts recognized with kind words no matter how small it is you know and it's especially um adds point whenever it's um it comes out of the blue you know like you're doing something then out of the blue your partner tells you oh my god this is so beautiful <sighs> so this this always gets us oh my god thank you also the details matter it's important um your partner to remark um to make remarks on things like um you've changed your hair or i love your dress um, I actually have this behavior. I remember uh, in my previous workspace, um, whenever my male colleagues or ladies had a hairstyle change, I always, always comment. I'm like, oh my god, I love your hair. And they're like, really? Like, they usually used to be surprised because for men, apparently, they hardly, hardly get um such kind of remarks from women. I don't know why, but women usually do not take note whenever a man has a change of hair. Do you know for women it's easier? Because, you know, you have long hair, but for but for men, it's very hard for women to recognize um, the change of their hairstyle or their shoes. So I usually used to have this, even for women, I like to tell them, oh my God, I love your handbag or I love your shoes. And it usually touches them in a way. I usually see them like, oh my, thank you, thank you. So I'm that kind of a person. <laughs> so for me, the details matters. If you make a little change, I usually point, um, I usually recognize it and I acknowledge it verbally. Um, This kind of people also feel valued when they take the time to thoughtfully reflect on comments on something positive that you're doing. And when you're doing something nice to them, they usually tell you thank you. Now, for me, there are terms that um, are usually very easy for me to say, and these are thank you and sorry. If I've messed up, I usually apologize and if um, you give me a nice remark, I usually appreciate you. I appreciate someone saying thank you. If I have done something to you and you don't say thank you, uh, it's usually a very big deal breaker. I don't know. why Some people find it petty, but for me, it's usually a very big deal breaker. I don't care if you're my brother or... My friend, if I give you something, I feel I feel I deserve a thank you. Because if you give me something, I will always give you a thank you. Like that's how I am. And if I do something wrong to you, I apologize. Yeah, so those are words of affirmation. However, before we move on, I need to illiterate how important words of affirmation are. Um, So I'm going to take a little detour here to um, share a certain sp- story that um, I experienced in my previous working space. So this place where I used to work, my boss had a very weird way of um, showing love. <laughs> so for him, um, he used to tell us like in case uh, an employee messes up, he will mention it in front of people during our general meetings. Now. According to him, he had actually shared to me um, there was a time I had messed up. <laughs> I did mess up. And I remember he came to me in my office, um, in my table, and he said, Camila, you did this and this. I was like, yes, I did. I, I apologize. I messed up. I'm so sorry. And you know what he told me? He told me, it's okay, but I'm going to mention this in our general meeting um, in the evening. We had, a- we had a general meeting in the evening. I'm going to mention this. And you know I'm mentioning this because I love you. I love you, that's why I'm mentioning this in people, so that you don't do this mistake again. And when I'm sitting there and I'm like, what, how is this love? Of course I'm not saying it loudly, (laughs) I'm saying it internally in my thoughts. How is this love? You embarrassing me in front of people? how is how is this love you know it's so confusing but to him apparently his father used to do that so he's from a, um he's from a polygamous marriage so i don't know how many they were but there were a lot i think they're over 10 i don't know if, i don't i don't think um if there are 15 there are 15 there i don't know how many they were but it's a polygamous marriage and there are quite a lot of kids so try to imagine you mess up, and your dad um, calls you out in front of your siblings and your mother and your stepmothers. How is that love? And his father will say, I'm love, I love you, that's why I'm doing this. How is that love? This guy grows up, has a company, and he brings that to his employees. How do you do that? I mean some of us have been raised up in some shitty families but there's some things you don't take with you to adulthood. You just point out this is a toxic um character that my parents raised me in and I'm not going to do this to my children or to the people that I work with. So this guy tells me that and he did mean what he said because we had a meeting later all in the evening and um our general meetings. Not only did the employees attend, but we had attaches, we had interns. and mind you, he's calling me for a mistake that had apologized earlier in the morning. For him, it's a sign of love. And like I don't understand, this is not even a love language. What What are you doing? I felt so bad. I really felt so bad. Cause I mean, he's calling you out in a meeting that we are over twenty people, and people are actually looking at you. Because he's insisting so come like, you did this and this. I don't like this in my in my company, and people are looking at me. <laughs> it feels so bad. I left that job anyway. But if um, this brings me to the point of if you have ever been raised in a toxic environment, kindly do not bring that to your children or do not bring that to employees or the people you supervise at the workspace. Leave toxic um behaviors in your childhood. Do not carry that baggage into your adulthood. Kindly. Wherever you are. Maybe your parent told you that is a love language to them. Like like people I know of someone actually who was sharing how his father used to beat him up as kind of punishment and the father will say, I am beating you because I love you. That is not love because this kid grew up knowing um associating love with violence and he never stayed in any kind of meaningful relationship because for him he will be violent in his relationship with his um girlfriends and he will wonder why women are leaving him because he knows violence is love because that's what was ingrained in him in his childhood he, he actually got arrested he got released but he had to come and um have a self-talk with himself, do some soul searching for him to realize it. I think he even went for counseling just for him to get rid of that trauma his father ingrained in his mind and to know that violence, beatings are not love. So if you are raised in a toxic kind of environment, either be it being embarrassed in public and your parent telling you that is love or being punished beaten up and your parent tells you that is love when you grow up and you get to learn that this is not love kindly get rid of this kind of toxic behaviors get rid of them get rid of them do not carry your trauma or your baggage to other people in your adulthood kindly personally i have been punished while i was young i have been whooped But I'll never do this to my children because I have grown up and I've realized the kind of trauma this inflicted in me and I wouldn't want to do that to my kids. So there are some behaviors that you should get rid of while you grow. Kindly, kindly, kindly. Okay, I'm sorry for taking that detour. I really had to because it's an experience that actually amazed me how somebody embarrassing me in front of people was love for them. How is that love very embarrassing in front of people? Anyway, that's a way. So we are coming back to words of affirmation and we say that these people usually um, feel appreciated when you verbally remind them how much you love them or how much you appreciate them. Now, I have a question. (laughs) Do you think plants get upset? Well, apparently there's some bizarre experiments that was done and it proves that plants do get upset weird right believe me this happened so um if you've ever heard of ikea i hope i've spelled it right it's i-k-e-a it's actually um, a furniture giant um, a giant furniture company called ikea Carried out an experiment called Bully a plant, Bully a plant. <laughs> Pardon me. They carried out an experiment called the Bully a plant, uh, which was conducted at a school in the United Arab Emirates, um during an during uh, the commemoration of Anti Bullying Day on May fourth. I think this was in twenty eighteen. I'm not sure. So during this day, what they had, what they did was um they um they experimented with um, two flowers. So they bullied one flower and they praised another flower for 30 days and the results were astonishing. So it involved two identical plants um, being put in identical conditions for 30 days. So the only difference was one plant was spoken to negatively while the other plant was showered with regular compliments. Then at the end of the period, there's a clear difference in how the plants look of course, some question this experiment calling it hoax cause um, the plant that was regularly um, showered with compliments looked very healthy and it flourished. While the other plant that was um, bullied, you know, with negative words, withered down. It's really withered. So mind you, these plants were in the same conditions. The only difference was one was praised Positively while the other one was spoken to negatively. And the one that was spoken to negatively withered. Yes, the one that was spoken to positively positively flourished. So, of course, people called it a horse and all that, but there is another experiment, um, which is a buster experiment involving seven plants. So, in this case, this one involved seven plants. So, two plants received positive speech, two plants received negative speech. One plant listened to classical music, another plant to death metal music, and the last one was left in silence. Now, these results are going to surprise you because I I also did not see it coming, but now the plant, guess which plant withered and which plant flourished? (laughs) It's really going to surprise, I did not see it coming either. So the plant that was left in silence withered, it fared the worst surprisingly the one that flourished was the one that was put in death in death metal plant the plant that was listening to uh, metal, metal music was the one that flourished funny enough because I was expecting the one that was listening to classical classical music to flourish I don't know maybe because I love classical music but it's the one that was put to listen to death metal that flourished weird right I know it will surprise you too now this concept of uh plants actually originated somewhere so the experiment um this experiment has its origins in an experiment that was uh made famous by uh by masaru emoto so masaru emoto is a japanese author a researcher and alternative medicine practitioner in his experiment which was later known as emoto's experiment Emoto and his colleagues found that water molecules now this origin um the plant's uh, experiment originates from emoto's experiment and in emoto's experiment he experimented with water molecules not plants water molecules and I'm going to show you how the plants and the water molecules um come together. You may feel like these are two different stories, but they are actually one. You'll see how they merge. So, Emoto and his colleagues found that water exposed to positive thoughts and words will form aesthetically beautiful ice crystal when frozen and looked at under a microscope. On the other hand, water that was exposed to negative thoughts and negative words formed ugly ice crystals when frozen. So these experiments, of course, received a fair share of criticism, including like concerns over whether the experiments were properly controlled, to reduce the risk of bias, and other types of confounding, or the potential of implication of the findings was significant. Now, this is something that happened and a motto proved to be true. Um the water molecules of um, what the water molecules that were spoken to positively um when they froze the ice crystals formed very beautiful under a microscope yet the ones that were spoken to negatively formed ugly crystals. So now let's take these water molecules and now related to us human beings. The human body is made up of sixty percent of water. so now can try to realize how negative words or negative thoughts impact us if you're using the water molecules. So being negative or um, saying negative words to someone or to yourself, it actually negatively impacts you. I know you might have never thought about it this way, but this happens. Now let's get back to plants. How, why were the plants responding positively to um, to positive words and the other plants that were given negative words responded negatively. So a plant is made up of 90% of water. And interestingly, research suggests that plants are more sensitive to the environment that you may realize. And this was actually proven by some um, research I'm going to mention two in this case, and one of them was in 2007, a team of South Korean researchers found that playing music at about 70 decibels um, compared to a normal conversation activates genes that play a role in plant photosynthesis, and that's why they usually flourish. So um, the researchers also found that a higher sound frequency would elicit greater gene activation. I hope that is clear. Now, the second, um, the second research was uh, reported by BBC and other news outlets whereby a month-long study by the Royal Horticultural Society found that tomatoes grew faster if they're able to listen to recorded male and female voices. You may say this is weird, but this is actually happened. It's, this is a study that was um, carried out. So according to them, The recordings were played through headphones that were positioned directly into each tomato plant spot. And all the tomato plants in the experiment were exposed to the same surroundings, that is soil, care routine, and so on and so forth. And in this study, female voices triggered greater growth than male voices. Why? You remember I had mentioned decibels and also the vibration. Female voices and male voices have different kind of vibration. So um, the exact mechanism behind this um, phenomenon was because it's still being investigated, but many researchers propose that the vibrational energy from sound has a beneficial impact on plant cells. So with these examples, I want you to know the impact of words of affirmation. And that's why, I don't know, for me, I resonate with this from a very personal point, was of affirmation usually also changes my mood. I feel so happy. So if you're a person who is always up always negative, you're a pessimist. Kindly, kindly stop doing that yourself. You might not know this, but it does affect you, and it even affects your health. So kindly avoid being negative all the time. Even the um, the group you keep, the friends you have. If you have a friend who's always negative, always negative, try to tell them to be positive or I don't know, maybe try to find a whole new, (laughs) another friend, because negativity has an effect on you. Negativity has an effect on you. So those are the five love languages. I hope you found out which is your primary love language, which is your secondary love language if you did not know, <laughs> but if you know well and good. So I'm going to sum up the entire five love la- languages on, on how you can communicate them and the actions to take. So I'm going to start with words of affirmation. How do you communicate words of affirmation? Um, you communicate through encouragement, um, af- through affirmations, appreciation, empathizing, and by listening actively. What actions can you take um you send an unexpected note or a test or a card and you genuinely encouraging someone very often. Second are is physical touch. How do you communicate with physical touch? Um uh, through nonverbal, use body languages and touch to express love. Which actions do you take to communicate physical love? Through hugging, kissing, holding hands, showing physical affection often, and making intimacy a thoughtful priority. The third is receiving gifts. How do you communicate on receiving gifts? Um, through thoughtfulness, making your spouse a priority, and speaking purposefully. Which actions do you take? Give thoughtful gifts and gestures. Small thing matters in a big way express gratitudes when receiving a gift. So uh, which is the um the fourth is quality time. How do you communicate? An interrupted and focused conversation and also one on one time is very crucial. So which actions do you take? Uh, when somebody expresses quality time to you, um, create special moments together, take walks and do small things with your partner, especially weekend getaways, something like that. They usually, they're usually very, very important to these people who they subscribe to um, quality time as their love language. And finally, acts of service. So how do you communicate acts of service? Use action phrases like, I'll help you. Then. They want to know you are with them. You've partnered with them. So which actions do you take? Do house chores together or make them breakfast in bed. Go out of your way to help alleviate their daily workload. So those are the five love languages, how to communicate them and the actions to take. So till now, do you know what is your love language? Hmm? No? No. So if you do not know what your love language is till this point, I'm going to help you to narrow down. So how am I going to help you? So I'm going to read you some questions and see um, how you resonate with them. The first question is, how do you show love? Second question is, what do you complain about in a relationship? Most of the time, what do you complain about in your relationship? Then the third is, what do you request or actively need from your partner on a day-to-day basis now with these three questions the one with the most statements that you resonate with then is your primary love language okay so you can find your primary love language and other people also have secondary love language it's okay so um maybe you're asking yourself which is the most common love language if you've not asked yourself that question, then I have an answer. <laughs> I have an answer for it. So, Chapman actually analyzed the results of 10,000 people who took his online quiz in 2010 and found words of affirmation as the most popular love language. But by a thin margin, really, but words of affirmation was the most popular love language. But then again, in 2018, a dating app. Called Heinz, analyzed the app and found that the most common love language was quality time, (laughs) by far. So these are two research done uh, in a span of eight years. So people change, and you know, new generation, new needs. So Chapman's study was over. Formation was the most famous love language yet in 2018, according to Heinz. Um, the most common love language is quality time it really does not matter which love language is you as as fast as you get to understand your partner's love language and you thrive or you flourish in that so do you are there any benefits of understanding your partner's love language yes there are We all express and receive love differently. So learning and understanding these differences can have a meaningful impact on your relationship. So according to Chapman, this is one of the simplest ways to improve your relationship. And some of the benefits of love languages are, one, love language promotes selflessness. You stop being self-centered and you actually put your partner's needs um, as part of your priority list. Second is um, love languages create empathy. You know, you feel someone else. You try to put yourself in your partner's shoes. Third is love languages help maintain intimacy. Totally, totally agree. The fourth is love language aid in personal growth. And last but not least, Love languages help you share love in meaningful ways. <laughs> so yeah, those are the advantages. Of course, there are more benefits, but these are the top five that I thought I should highlight here. And of course, if you have benefits, of course, we will also have criticism of love language. Um, so the theory itself was criticized <laughs> by some people. So though learning the love language may help people to communicate better with their partners, there are limitations to these theories. How? One of them is many people misuse the love languages. How do they misuse them? Some people get a bit competitive about using love languages, which can actually strain a relationship. For example, partners may start keeping track of all the times they use their partner's love languages compared to how many times their partners use theirs. So how how is this um relating? Let's say as I had mentioned, for me, my love language is um positive um affirmative words. And let's say maybe I am dating somebody whose love language is acts of service. So I may try hard to show um my acts of service to them, and then, I feel at some point that they do not um give me any kind of words of affirmation, and I start questioning you know like. You do not tell me any kind of positive words yet. I have been showing you acts of service here and there. You do not do, you do not hold the end of your bargain and all that. It's not a competition. It's not. It's not. Just try to understand each other. And I always say relationships, good relationships were built in growth. Every day you get to learn and relearn and try to make something better for your relationship. Um, So the second is, they do not fix other relationship problems. Just understanding each other's love language does not mean that your relationship is going to be perfect. No, it's not going to... The love languages won't fix all of your relationship issues, kindly. If you think now that you know your love language and your partner's love language is going to... Your relationship is going to bloom. I mean, it might help it, but it's not going to solve everything that was wrong with that relationship they're just the love languages are just tools of many others that you can use to improve communication with the partner um the third is they may lead to pressure on partners like a partner might feel responsible in um, achieving or seeing through your love language is achieved it's not a competition many people talk about love language in the context of committed relationship or marriage Remember that learning and understanding your own love language is an important tool for you to practice self-love. Don't feel pressured to achieve your partner's love language. Let it come from a point of understanding and a point of communication in seeing how you're going to navigate through in your relationship. Yeah, so basically that's all about love languages. I hope you have enjoyed it. You've loved it. So I'm going to conclude, um, once you and your partner know each other's love language, you both can benefit. Speaking your partner's love language can take a bit of an effort and intention though, especially if your partner's love language is different from yours. But remember, healthy relationships aren't born. They're developed through attention and effort. But the good news is that you can enhance your relationship by learning your partner's love language and putting it into practice. And if you both are committed to loving one another in ways that speak to both of you, then you'll find yourself not only deep in love, but also in a happy, fulfilling relationship. Love languages are a useful tool to improve how you communicate and express yourselves to each other, to your partner, but they shouldn't be the end or it should not be the only solution for happiness in your relationship. Instead, it should function as a starting point that sets you on a journey, you and your couple, on a journey to meet each other in a profound way and in a self-regulative way. So the work should not stop there. Keep on working on your relationship, making sure that you both are happy in that relationship. So I don't know about you, but I've pretty enjoyed today's um, episode, and I hope you have too. And if you are still with me till this point, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> and today's episode is long. Oh boy, <laughs> it's really long. I feel like I've done um, last week episode and this week episode in this one episode. So yeah there is that. So if you have learned like the way I did while doing research and making this episode for you, kindly let me know. If you have any questions also, let me know. So you will find us across all our social media handles as Election Space. Um, That is Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you have any questions, kindly You can also email us at electionspace at gmail.com. You can also get to know more about us through our previous episodes or go to our website at election.space. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's it for today. And thank you so much if you have been with me till this point. Um, Do not forget to subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends. If you have an idea or a topic that you'd like me to highlight, let me know through our social media handles or shoot us an email. Thank you so much and let's meet next week. Yeah, next week I'm going to produce an episode. (laughs) So that's all for today. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye.